just walk. Walking's a big deal now. Everybody talks about walking. We walk so we can lose weight. We walk so we can get in better shape and build endurance. We walk so we can lower our blood pressure. And we walk so we can kind of build our, our lung capacity and endurance. We, we try to do things because we want to be healthy. Uh, we, we work on trying to, to uh, exercise within reason. And walking is one of the great ways you do that because it's not bad on your joints. And it's, you know, it's kind of a fun thing. And, uh, but, and we all need to be figuring out how to be stronger, healthier, fitter. Because the truth is, we ain't getting any younger. All right? So we need to make sure we're, we're, we're building strength. And walking is one of the ways you do that. While walking is a great physical exercise, walking with God is a necessary exercise in faith. Just that simple. Walking with God is a necessary exercise in faith for spiritual health, for spiritual vitality, for spiritual endurance, for spiritual strength. It's important. And I realize we live in a time where we are extremely busy. We got so more. We, got, we wake up every day with more than we'll get done. The, 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 our, the business world is demanding and wanting more and more and families demanding, needing more and more and, and life tugs at you from all directions and it's overwhelming and pretty much we get up and the minute we put our feet on the floor and we get out of bed, we're already behind. And one of the things that seems to get lost in the busyness of the day is our walk with God. Oh, we don't mean to. And we really don't realize we're doing it because we're always going to do it. But something happens, an interruption, a phone call, a crisis. I want us to look at this new year and take the challenge of really walking with God. And I want to share a couple of thoughts about that with you. First of all, walking with God requires a relationship of faith. Uh, if you're really going to walk with God, you're going to have to know him. In Genesis chapter 5, I'm going to uh, read this to you, and I'm going to add to it a little bit. In verse 21, when Enoch had lived 65 years, okay, uh, Enoch incidentally was uh, the, in the generation 7th from Adam. He was born approximately 600 years after Adam's creation. And so, uh, he's a, he's, he not, we don't know a lot about him, but what is said about him is pretty powerful. He lived 65 years, became the father of Methuselah, okay? Methuselah was the oldest guy that ever lived. In verse 22, after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years, had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God, says it twice. And he was no more because God took him away. Now that in itself is pretty miraculous. That means he did not die. He just got promoted. He left this place. That's a whole different sermon. I'll get to that. I want to get to that probably later on. But here's the thing. 
The scripture is very careful to tell us this man walked with God. Now, was it literally walking like, did he, did he touch God and look at God? No, I don't believe that was how it was because man had, well, Adam messed it up for all of us. And that day of maybe having that opportunity to see God and his glory was gone because of sin. We couldn't stand to look at his glory. It'd kill us. It had to be veiled now. And then, and so I, but I think it was a spiritual walk. It was a very real walk, an experience, if you will. Actually, the word walk would mean fellowship and communion, which we can have today just like Enoch had in his day. The chance to spend time with God, to interact with God. Because we do not see him doesn't mean he is not there. And so you've got this example of Enoch, and we know this, that there has to be faith in the saving grace of God to begin that walk. It starts in a moment in time when you realize Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins because God wants to have a relationship with you. And your sin's in the way, so Jesus died to remove that sin that you can have a relationship with God the Father and become children of the Father and become a part of a whole new spiritual family. He said, I want that to happen, not saving faith. When I finally come to the point of realizing Jesus paid it all, and I can trust what God said about the cross in relation to my sin, about Jesus in relation to my life, about the Holy Spirit in relation to my service, and therefore I can become a new creation in Christ, and I begin a journey, and I can actually have fellowship with God, the creator of the universe. I can have an audience with God. That's pretty amazing. Actually, it's miraculous in and of itself. But I can actually have an audience with God. The second thing is faith in sustaining grace of God in a world that's gone bad. If I have saving grace, I, I, I have that walk, I have that communion with God, that fellowship with God, that interaction with God on a daily basis. And then I realize he gives me sustaining grace because of my faith to trust him day by day. In a world that's gone absolutely insane, our world's acting crazy. There's all kind of bizarre, horrific things all around us. And people seem to have gone mad. But God says, you and I are going to talk today in the midst of the madness. And I'm going to help you get through it. If you'll just walk with me today, we'll, we'll get through it. I'll use you. I'll grow you. I'll equip you. Let's just spend time together. And so uh, sustaining grace is, is, is in a world that's, that's so self-indulgent and self-destructive, there's the grace of God that shows up to minister and share a message. And you come to understand, you never walk alone in this journey of faith. Many years ago, I was a, I was a uh, senior in high school at my home church, Mableton First Baptist. We always had, once a year, we'd have the, the chorus group from South Cobb come in and sing and do a concert on Sunday night. And it was a big deal, you know, and they came in. And, and so uh, my pastor said, about, there was three or four of us guys who were pretty active in the church, we were the, meaning we were there every Sunday. 
Uh, you know, I don't know what else we would. We were there every Sunday, you know. And, and so he came up to us and said, guys, I'd, I'd like for y'all to uh, share just a couple of minutes of testimony. Just get up and share a couple of things about what God means to you. Okay? Now, that terrified me first and foremost. I'm terrified. I was not ever wanting to be a public speaker. So I was terrified. I'm going, man, no, no. And, but I thought if the other guys will do it, maybe I can do something. Well, the other guys bowed out. They said, no, man, I don't want to. No, I don't think I can. No, I don't think I should. And uh, he looked at me. He said, well, I need one of y'all to do something. I said, Brother David, I'll, I'll say something. I don't know what I was going to say. I was scared to death, terrified. Actually, ironically, uh, one of the guys said, man, I can't. I, these are the guys I go to school with. I don't feel like I can share a testimony. Another one said, man, I kind of messed up on Friday night. I don't think I can share a testimony. And I'm thinking, man, I, you know, evidently I lead a boring life. I, I can probably t- say something. Uh, but uh, I remember the, 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 uh, uh, the group sang all kinds of songs. And, by, and, of course, they sang some songs you could sing in church and had some spiritual value to them. I'm not sure it's legal to do that now. But they sang a song, I'll Never Walk Alone, and it was a pretty powerful song. And So I, I, I got to share after that, and I just simply said the greatest thing about my spiritual life and my life of Christ is I know I'm never alone, ever, ever alone, never alone. He's got me today. He's got my future, and I'm grateful that Jesus died on the cross to save me, that I'll never be alone. That was just in my testimony. I was terrified. I, you know, got down. And God did something amazing that night. All of a sudden, one of the other guys got up and said he couldn't. And see, you know, I just got to talk about, I, I really have not lived as I should have lived in front of these guys. And I want to tell them I'm sorry. And, then, and you know what happened? Yeah, God just really showed up. And uh, Brother Dave gave an invitation. I looked up in the choir, and, and um, one of my buddies I've been talking to for over a year was just crying, man, just crying, just crying. And... Uh, First, only time I've ever done this in all my life in ministry, and I wasn't in the ministry then, I just, I just a teenager. I went up to him and said, man, you want to come forward? And he says, yeah, I do. He gave his heart to Christ. I thought about the fact that when God's interacting with us and changing us and growing us, he does amazing things with us, not because we're that good, because we're not, not because we deserve it, because we don't. It is because of that sustaining grace that shows up and allows us to serve and to speak out for him. And it's what really, really works. The second thing is walking with God is a spiritual exercise that requires time consistently. Wow. And I actually need to go back. I got so carried away. Let me go back and read Hebrews 11. <laughs> okay. Hebrews 11, because you want to say, who is Enoch? In the Old Testament, he walked with God and, 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 you know, lived 365 uh, years. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life. He didn't die, so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, now here's the key, he pleased God, and he really did please him. God said, man, hey, you're going to come home with me today. You're graduating. He said, because without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. 
I'm convinced the body of Christ today needs to earnestly seek Christ. If you know him as Savior, that's the beginning point of your journey. That is not the end of your journey. As you receive him by faith, so walk in him. And I also believe that as we sought him for our, to save us, I think we need to seek him to use us, to learn from him and to grow in him. So, so faith is not just a saving experience. It's a spiritual experience for the rest of your life. And so he said, Here, here's the thing. You walk with God. It's a spiritual exercise. It requires time consistently. Psalm 119, verse 10. Here's what David said. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. Now, basically, some translations, I'm, trying, I'm seeking after you, meaning I am intentionally, intentionally on purpose looking for your guidance in my life, your leadership, and the experience of your presence. David said, I get up in the morning, I'm looking for you, God. In the middle of the day, I'm looking for you. Before I go to bed at night, I, I'm looking for you. I'm looking for a word from you, a, a direction from you, a peace from you. A, a, I'm looking to you for all that I need to function in, in everyday life. It's a spiritual exercise that requires time consistently. I think you have to make time daily to meet with God. Guys, I love it that you show up on Sunday for Bible study and worship. And I thank you for that. But can I tell you something? That's not enough. You need to have some interaction with God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Because there's no telling what's going to happen in your day. And you need to be very connected. You need to have already started that, that, that uh, interaction with God early on. Because you don't know what's going to happen before the day's over. You don't know how the devil's going to try to beat you down. Uh, and so you got to go, man, I, I, I need to be daily, consistently, intentionally seeking God. Every day you figure out, how can I hear God's word? How can I connect with God's word? How can I listen to what God's going to say to me? Because he wants to do that. And so you find that, that you have to make time to meet with God. The truth is, I've never have found that I exercise accidentally. I don't. I exercise on purpose. I mean, I walk and do things, but there's times I do things. If I really want to exercise, I do it on purpose. I go, I'm going to go walk. I'm going to go play tennis, or I'm going to go play golf. I'm going to do something that requires intentional activity. I don't know why we think our spiritual life is so different. I, I, it requires spiritual intention. And you say, God, I really am looking for you today, man. I'm looking for what you're going to say to me today. I'm searching for a word of direction or inspiration or encouragement. I'm looking for you. Be intentional. Your spiritual life is not accidental. So over the year coming year, may you as young people, as medium adults and senior adults and young adults, can we say, God, I want to I really look for you daily in every aspect of my life. I want to be watching for you. I, I want to. I want to interact with you. The day's crazy. It's busy. I got more than I can say grace over, but I need your grace to accomplish what I need to accomplish today. Be intentional. Let me tell you why this is important. In just a minute, Eric's going to come, 
and give you a tool that we have, we want to provide as a church. I so believe that you need to be connected in every way and have freedom to hear God's word and to be a part of of God speaking to you and and fellowshipping with you on a daily basis. So we're going to make that happen. He's going to be sharing a tool that will make it easy no matter where you are. No matter if you're on vacation, we're going to give you access to, to five different devotional opportunities and they're going to be yours no matter where you go in the country, out of the country. Uh, they're, they're going to be free, and you can actually share some with your buddies that might need to hear, and we're going to tell you how to do that because we believe it is so important that, the, that believers become compelled to seek God out intentionally, daily, and consistently. The last thing is this. Walking with God does not require you do all the talking. It is amazing that we somehow think, I got to talk to God, and when I'm through, we're done. So we bring him our shopping list. We bring him our wish list. We do bring him things that are very, very important. Don't get me wrong. He wants you to talk to him about stuff in your heart, your life, your burdens, and your, and your blessings. He wants thanksgiving. He wants confession. He wants intercession. He wants these things. We will talk. But there comes a time we need to listen. And the truth is, I think this is where the business gets us. I think we come to the Lord and say, man, I got to tell you what I need, what I want, what I like. Thank you. Amen. And we never hang around to listen. God speaks today. Psalm 119, 15 through 16. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways, or I'll meditate. I will listen and I'll think about what you said. What has he said? This book is how he has conversation with us. He begins to talk to us from these pages that are alive with his spirit his personality and his purpose and his power and all of a sudden these words become life to you they become direction to you they become an answer to your questions or a solution to your crisis because it's a living book it is God telling us what he thinks about things and what he desires about our lives and what he can do in the midst of challenges you see He's telling us things all the time. We just aren't listening because we're not taking time to read intentionally, daily, and consistently because we believe we're too busy. We're too busy. That's just the lie of the devil. I know we're busy, but it doesn't, it doesn't need to be an excuse for not being intentional. So we look at this and we go, uh, his wisdom brings clarity to chaos. I need to hear what he says about the chaos in the world in my own life. Now, there's a lot of questions out there right now. It, there's a lot of questions Christians are wrestling with. And people are asking us what we think. We go, I don't know. Well, can I tell you, God knows. So maybe I need to spend some time and say, God, I'm seeking an answer on this. I mean, there's a lot of things we're having to wrestle with. 
What is the thing about refugees? And what is the thing about uh, gun control? And what is the thing about all the issues of life? And Man, we got a lot of stuff that people want answers about. I believe God addresses those. If you study, if you seek out the truth. So maybe you say, Lord, I want to wrestle with this question for a couple of weeks. And I want to pray about it. And I want to listen to what you say. I want my spirit to be in tune with your heart and know where I stand. You understand? It's time Christians quit saying, I don't know. We need to know. We need to know. Man, I'm not talking about politics. I, you know, that's not a thing. I'm talking about issues that people are wrestling with and struggling with that are real, that, are, that scare people, that are uncertain. Terrorism. Man, we, we look, I, I tell you, the world's getting worse, and the Bible prophesies that. I don't know why we're surprised. The devil's going to become more active in the last days. We need to have answers for things, and what do we do? What's the biblical perspective? What is God's perspective? Yeah. Then you get, maybe you get with a couple of buddies and you talk about it and you pray about it. But you listen to God's word. You pay attention to what he's saying. His presence gives peace in the midst of problems. Oh, problems don't go away. His peace just shows up. His peace comes from his word. Get in touch with it. When we take God's word into our lives, when we listen to what he has to say, then we have something to say to others. It is wise to listen to God more than just to talk to God because he knows more than you. You need to listen more than you talk. You'll come out ahead. The challenge is, I want to be very practical today. The challenge is, would we as a body of believers here at First Baptist Lindale commit, whether we're young or old, to really walk with God this year. I mean, really. Understand the, the joy of his fellowship and communion and desire to make it a priority every day. Every day. And if you miss the 8 o'clock appointment, you kind of set, then, then catch it at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. You know, hey, guys, you can tell. If I happen to miss breakfast, I don't miss lunch. Okay. You understand? I, I'm, I'm going to eat lunch. We kind of, well, I missed my quiet time at 8. I guess I'll wait till tomorrow. What kind of thinking is that? Man, if you missed the 8 o'clock, all of a sudden, man, you, we're going to give you a tool. You can carve it out at 11 o'clock or 11.30 on your break at work. Or, man, we're going to fix it where you can say, I missed 8 o'clock, but I got 11 o'clock. I can do it. 